Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like you to subscribe to Transport Topics where you can receive exclusive access to our top 100 list, quarterly magazines, and other news surrounding the trucking industry. To subscribe, visit ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001 to become an official member of Transport Topics. That's 571 622 0001. It's that time of year again where the country chooses who represents us in the body of Congress. On the national level, several Senate seats and all of the House of Representatives are up for grabs in the 2022 midterm elections in November. We here at Road Signs are focusing on the impact of these elections toward the trucking industry. The House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure has 30 Republicans and 36 Democrats. The upcoming midterm vote could very well pave the way for what happens to the industry in the near future. So in this episode, we'll ask the question, what impact will the 2022 midterms have on the trucking industry? To answer that question, we have our resident expert on all things congressional to sort it all out, Eugene Malero, congressional reporter for Transport Topics. Welcome to the show once again, Eugene. Thanks for having me on, Michael. It's a pleasure. And yeah, it's the midterms to 2022 and pretty much a lot is at stake this year. Oh, yes. It's always said that th this midterm election is the most important election of, of our generation until the, the next one. With well, addition to the, the, the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure, you know, we also have the Senate Committee on Transportation where there's, there's 14 Democrats and there's 14 Republicans. But out of, out of that batch, there's only two running for uh, re-election. That's uh, on the Democratic side. You have Raphael Warnock out of Georgia and Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin, which are both arguably toss-up states. Um, on, on the campaign trail, on, on the House side, at least, Eugene, how are the, the these Congress people campaigning on the the, the, the infrastructure investment and jobs act? I, I know the Democrats are, are telling their wins, but uh, the, the Republicans kind of have a different perspective on that. Can you could you just elaborate on that? Of course, um, and you touched on it. So right now, the messaging is very very clear uh, from both camps. Uh, the the Republicans are really unified in a voice, in a message that is clear and critical of the Biden administration's economic policies. You hear this from the newest member of the Republican caucus campaigning all the way to the leadership from McConnell and the Senate and Kevin McCarthy over on the House side. Uh, it is a constant uh you know, reminder from the GOP and claim an argument that, uh, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, this newest recovery law uh, that was uh, enacted, 
uh, as well as the infrastructure law and other policies have, this is the Republican argument, has uh, contributed to the inflation that we're seeing now. This contributed to, you know, the prices at the pump, even though that's very, very debatable, you know, the, the gas prices. Um, and then, you know, also, you know, making the argument that if you back home in your district are enduring some, you know, uh, problems with costs, with healthcare or whatever, then a Republican candidate will tell you that that is Joe Biden's fault, especially, and then also in foreign policy, you know, that what we're seeing over in Europe and other, and, and in Asia uh, is the, you know, is, a, is because of the fault of the president. Uh, obviously, President Biden and his team and the senior Democrats are pushing back on that narrative, you know, but that is pretty much, and and I would just hear it, heard it very recently from the Transportation Committee, the ranking member who could become the chairman if the Republicans take over the House, Sam Graves of uh, Missouri, um, you know, in talking about the enactment of the Infrastructure uh, Investment and Jobs Act, the infrastructure law, you know, he pivoted very quickly uh, to castigate the president on his economic policies. But, but but with that, you know, I know the president has accused Republicans of you know campaigning on 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 those wins for that particular act when in actuality they they voted against that. So I mean, just kind of having that that particular um, argument going back and forth, you know, and, and letting the voters decide. I think that's very uh, an interesting dynamic to, to to this campaign race. The Democrats are really emphasizing the those wins when it comes to the infrastructure. Well, the the Republicans are toting that, but but there's also you know that that whole um, area of you know where you talk about immigration and and, and sort of uh, mix those or maybe conflate those particular issues. I mean, have you have you seen that through your reporting? Yeah, the Democrats are really. They they themselves are there are some splinters and uh, some fractures in the Democratic Party when it comes to the messaging, uh, but because we have two camps, we have the established Democrats, and I want to say these are the Schumer and Pelosi camp with the leadership circles and the senior members, and then you have the progressives, uh, and they include younger members of Congress as well as some you know, established members such as Bernie Sanders being and Elizabeth Warner, both of them in the Senate. Where they unify is in their opposition of Republican, uh, the Republican agenda, as well as the potential contributions in the long term of what we saw in the infrastructure law, uh, as well as some of the recovery with uh, the, the COVID-19 and the post-economic COVID-19 recovery efforts and, then, and in the supply chain. Uh, when it, on matters of immigration, that is somewhat tricky because uh, lawmakers who are along the border, Republican and Democrat, they they do raise concern about the influx of immigrants. It's how they go about it where they differ. Um, but nevertheless, uh, you know, there is concern uh, from Democrats when it comes to, you know, how the immigrants are being handled, processed, managed, how they manage the problem. Uh, is it humane enough? Is it, um, you know, efficient enough? Um, and are there enough resources uh, and when, you know, the White House is not as vocal on immigration as some of the members 
of the president's party will like him to be, uh, then, you know, then you see a public, you know, splintering on the message. Uh, but but t- to take it a step further, when it comes to uh, another issue, the supply chain connectivity, uh, there you have uh, the progressives really crying foul that climate change, you know, responding to the threats of climate change was not the totality of how infrastructure and, you know, fixing the supply chain was addressed. You know, that that according to the progressives, they, they were still a, um, you know, some sort of a either to use their terms, forgiveness of the oil companies or, um, you know, still some benefits to oil companies uh, were, you know, and then where this is obvious, the progressives do blame the oil companies for climate change, you know, so that's that's where you see a disconnect uh, and you still see members like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the House, you know, really raise concerns about that. But, but when you step back and you look at the big picture, Michael, um, the president and and his party are out there campaigning, reminding voters. And I just got flyers in the mail now in Northern Virginia from my congressman um, that the the president and his party passed the infrastructure law. They passed benefits for veterans. They passed the supply chain semiconductor bill. They passed COVID nineteen relief. They got student. Uh, student aid relief coming, you know, so all of these uh, under the umbrella is really what the president is uh, pushing at. And when you look at, you know, uh, just to kind of tie this up, when you look at how the polling and, you know, the analyses uh, is interpreting this, not that long ago, people were writing the obituary for the Democrats on Capitol Hill. Uh, you know, they were following the tradition, you know, that the party in power, especially for an incumbent president, will lose in the midterms. Now, that's not so much the case. It's really unclear on the Senate side. Uh, the candidates on the Republican field, the senior Republicans have questioned their uh, qualities. And then on the House side, while it's still looking like the Republicans are going to win the majority, is something that is not certain anymore. It's like they can if this and that happens, but Pelosi and her party actually really have a really good chance of holding on. Transport topics in one word, authoritative. Knowledge, outstanding. Reliable. We asked transport topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. You know, let, let's talk about the House Republicans. Uh, you know, they, they want to take over the, the majority. So, you know, as, as you had mentioned, you know, that they're, they're really hammering on the economic policies of the Biden administration. And you, you're just talking about supply chain connectivity. Uh, so I, I kind of want to get into that, you know, with uh, minority leader uh, Kevin McCarthy. 
you know, he has uh, proposed a la, you know, Newt Gingrich uh, back in the 90s with his uh, letter to America. Yeah. Um, you know, he has he has a, a policy of initiative called Commitment to America. And then right. you're reporting, you sort of, uh, you know, uh, dived into that a little bit. Could you tell us a little bit more about the House's GOP's plan? Of course. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy, he is the leader of the Republicans on the House side. This is a person who has already sought the speakership uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, he law he was he ceded the the post to Speaker Ryan uh, not so long ago, um, and he's, he's still in leadership. He's still vying for the speakership, uh, and not only is he leading the critique of the Bidens and the Democrats. But yeah, very recently he uh, published with his caucus a, this uh, this uh, policy manifesto that for our for our audience uh, it talks about supply chain in as much that it proposes enhancing funding and enhancing access to freight corridors uh, by you know regulatory relief to use their terms. Uh, and this will be something, you know, that to allow for greater construction projects to move quickly, uh, expansion projects, and then reallocating money uh, to go to the supply chains, which for clarity is a, you know, is a position that is already underway under the Biden administration in some respect. Um, and, you know, McCarthy has was very clear that, you know, he would want this um Commitment to America policy manifesto to serve as the platform uh, for which uh, his party would run this fall in November, um, because not only does it talk about supply chain and also infrastructure, but then it hits on all like what I call the greatest hits, you know, uh, immigration, um, the economy, um, and then foreign policy, and then and then even. Um, you know, issues that have gained some sort of notoriety recently. I want to say in Virginia, for instance, the education debate of whether or not you, you know, social issues, whether or not you talk about critical race theory, you know, things that have proven to be, uh, quote unquote, winners at the electoral box uh, for Republicans. You know, now they have transferred on the national stage. But uh, to die, to go a step further here, I do think McCarthy is a dynamic uh, member of Congress in that he did not come from the conservative Freedom Caucus, which is where members such as Jimmy Jordan, who is a very vocal and high energy uh, debater on Capitol Hill for the Republicans, as well as former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, that's where they really got their, you know, their footing on the hill through this Freedom Caucus. Uh, and McCarthy, there were times where he rejected the policies and strategies of the Freedom Caucus. And now he has uh, made an alignment with the very conservative wing of his caucus, as well as members who are for a lack of a better term, Michael, I just call them miscellaneous. And by this, I mean Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene and like-minded Republicans who are, for a lack of a better term, very out there with their viewpoints when it comes to social issues and political views. Uh, and McCarthy, who had you know been uh, critical of those viewpoints, 
on the social issues from those members is now staying quiet on those views. And, you know, and, and then among, and then to get really political, you know, when it comes to the investigations, you know, of the former president, the January 6th committee, well, uh, McCarthy saying that in his speakership and in a Republican majority, those investigations will be turned around. They'll be turned around on the Democratic response on January 6th. Uh, and oversight uh, of the former president's actions will be turned around to what's going on right now with the president. And he had a member of his caucus on one of the Sunday shows very recently you know, suggest that in a Republican majority that they would pursue impeachment of the current president. You know, so that gives you a preview that if you engage in some very uh, high energy, volatile rhetoric uh, as part of your governing, then for us transportation wonks, that does foreshadow that it will be little room for discourse to talk about more infrastructure projects, which have come to the forefront with these uh, natural disasters. I mean, this is one of the very few times where I've heard the coverage and read the coverage of the, the hurricane in Florida and the hurricane in the Caribbean, where everybody was saying that now is the time to rebuild in a way that is resilient. You know, I didn't hear that the last, the most recent hurricane season, but I'm hearing it now. And I'm hearing governors, Republicans and Democrats. I'm hearing uh, members of Congress and stakeholders and local leaders say, you know, that it is they, the need to rebuild stronger is, is evident and, more resources. The infrastructure law did not go far enough. More resources are needed. So again, going back to if Republicans take control of the House, uh, the question is, and I don't have an answer, is, well, how much energy, how much bandwidth would a Speaker McCarthy dedicate you know, to infrastructure resilience? We've been speaking with Eugene Malero, congressional reporter here at Transport Topics. Eugene, Thank you for laying out this particular issue concerning the midterms, definitely when it concerns uh, the, the, the many transportation leaders who listen to this program. Uh, and, and thank you for making it very easy to understand, my friend. Thank you for having me, of course. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. What impact will the 2022 midterms have on the trucking industry? Once again, we would like to thank our colleague Eugene Malero for breaking down the campaigns of both parties and the projected paths they will take if they win control of Congress. It's an optimal time to be in the trucking industry. All eyes, in terms of mainstream news media coverage, are focused on transportation and infrastructure. And then for good reason, Congress members, in different perspectives, are communicating to the constituents the win of passing the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The topic has been on the minds of the general public and the industry at large has made it a point that's still one of the most concerning issues this election cycle. Most important, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, go vote. In a world where the political news tallies the winners and losers, election day is the only time that moment of winning and losing actually comes to fruition. With that, it's up to us that we hold all of our elected officials accountable 
to perform their sworn duties as representatives. Choose wisely, America. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freaks. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. Also, let us know how we're doing by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. That's 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Science. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.